Thank you for listening to the brand new podcast known as the 1590 Lounge, where we wrap up the day of 1590 KVTA's morning show with the great host, Tom Spence, who I had the fortune of sitting next to for four years. Spence, thank you so much for inviting me to the studio today to talk to you about how the show went today. Appreciate it. Everybody always asks about Tom McLean, but you're not, you're out and about, you're still doing your comedy, you got giggles going. Yeah, I do. I have the giggles going over there in Santa Paula. I'm really enjoying it. I'm also enjoying coming in and spending time with you on Thursdays and just talking about all the great things going on in Ventura. And you have your card shows? Oh, yeah. The Seaside Collectors Expo. I'm so excited. I'm getting a lot of vendors and everybody lining up already, and we're so many months out. We're not even having it until October 1st. So what we're doing here is expanding on things and uh, different topics that we had during the morning show. One of my favorite ones that I've been hitting for quite a while here is the closure of stores. But when one store closes, another one opens. And this is Bed, Bath, and Beyond. What was your experience with Bed, Bath, and Beyond? Well, Bed, Bath, and Beyond, the first thing I always think of, of course, is the great Jay London joke that was on Last Comic Standing. You know, (laughs) I work at Bed, Bath, and Beyond. I'm in the Beyond department. But that's what I always think of. But Bed, Bath, and Beyond is always, like, the place that you would go if you wanted to just, like, decorator like kind of add some flavor to your place and you may maybe you didn't necessarily go there for something specific but you'd go there for ideas and stuff and i think it's kind of sad that you can't walk into there and just see all those offerings anymore aunt edna needs a gift yeah you walk through there you would find something every single time it seemed like the store was unstoppable yeah it seemed like it offered so much but with everything where did they make their big mistake they didn't hop on the idea of the internet the way Walmart did, the way Target did, and they didn't become somewhat of a fulfillment center where they, a friend of mine came up with this. I don't know if he uh, you know, got a registered trademark, but it was click and order brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so clever. He came up with this like 25 years ago, and he predicted that while a lot of people like delivery, a lot of people still like to go into a store. And he said, if you can combine the two, everything's going to be Okay, but Bed Bath and Beyond, unfortunately, Bed Bath and Beyond, they did BK. This happened very, very recently. So now the deal is in all these great cities, and we have one in Oxnard, these big buildings. What are they going to become? Yeah, and they're anchor stores for a lot of these mini malls, too. That's what's kind of scary. You have the big old giant empty building, and then how are the other stores supposed to? Because that's a, they rely on those walkovers, the people walking past and going, oh, you know what? I might go get my hair cut at that place, or I might go get some sushi there, or whatever it is. I might cash my check there. That's exactly how it works. Now, when I was a kid, since I'm the oldest one in the room right now, uh, we had Sears. Unstoppable. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. Kmart. Oh, forever. <laughs> Bye-bye. How many things in your life do you see that went away? That was the biggest thing in the world. Oh, Jemco. I remember Jemco felt unstoppable. You'd go in there and they had all of your needs. You could, they took care of everything. And it, it just all of a sudden gone. And There's like, a blast from the past. You're like, what's this Target? Like, they put in Target directly in most of the Jemcos, mm-hmm. at least around us. I'm like, wow, what is that? They took them over. There used to be a Jemco for you folks, uh, 101. As you went, just getting into the Valley, Gemco. And that's where we went, of all things, better than any sporting goods place, weight equipment. Gemco had everything. That's a really, really good example. But the Costco's popping up all of these places where you can get so much stuff. It's sad to see them go. But what are the ones that could take over your bed, bath, and beyond? Hmm. TJ Maxx is one. Yeah, TJ Maxx would be good. Home goods. 
Yeah. Seems I'd, like a, a similar thing going in there. They might not even have to move shelves. Yeah. Ross and Five Below. Have you been to a Five Below? Five Below is an interesting store. I have. I like it. I think Five Below is genius because, again, if you're throwing the kids' party and you got to get a bunch of knickknacky stuff, you can go broke doing that in a regular store. Five Below, you can just buy and, and be within budget. Five Below is another 99 cents only. Five below, they say everything's below $5. Very clever. So they say that and Planet Fitness is going to be Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, I like that. That's good. Mm-hmm. I think that as America moves towards you know being more health conscious, that would be great to have more of these bigger buildings turn into fitness centers. And they didn't go with my idea of Bed Bath & a Bong and just making it a like, partial pot <laughs> store. I think it's a good idea. I think it, it should have gone, but it didn't. So that's a part of the deal. Anything, and you kids today that wonder when we talk, when, especially with me, when I reminisce, you think something's permanent, man. And it seems like that, that treadmill, the hamster wheel, is moving faster and faster and faster. Things come in, go out. It really does. I think the, the Toys R Us was the one that really got me where I was going, you've got to be kidding me. I don't have mm-hmm. the option of just walking in here. I remember, I mean, Toys R Us is that thing that you looked forward to as a little kid. It was so amazing to walk into this place that seemed endless. And you're like, there's no way I could cover this entire space while mom and dad are here. Like, like we have to come back some other time. And now they're just gone. Another great example of, what do you mean you got a kid's party? You go in there, no matter what the kid was, no matter mm-hmm. boy, girl, anywhere, which way, that was another one that, uh, that just went away. Yeah. And what was the giraffe's name? Oh, that was Jeffrey the Jeffrey Giraffe. Jeffrey the Giraffe, yeah. They, they used to do uh, events. They had a lot of really cool events. When I was little, they would have people could dress like characters, and you'd go up and you would uh, you know, meet the different characters. And I remember we had uh, some dude dressed like the Incredible Hulk that was walking up. He was walking up the aisle getting ready to go stand at his place where he takes his pictures. And me and my brother were like, no part of it. We made our mom leave. <laughs> we didn't get our pictures. She didn't get her little photo ops. <laughs> so we got in trouble because we were scared of the Hulk. And the other one that's kind of funny about that, who was inside that giraffe suit? A friend of mine was the icy bear for a summer. Oh, he was wow. the icy bear for a summer. I had another friend who was the Santa Claus. But the, you lose out on all that stuff, too. All of these characters of our lives, they're going away, and yeah. they've got to reload. I think right now the one to me, the store that seems uh, bulletproof, is the Apple store. Yeah. The Apple store seems pretty powerful. They always have a line. Yeah, always have a line, always have people inside. All right, we're going to shift gears here. I want to do a fast one. We talked about this on the morning show, the top 10 selling albums of all time. I'm going to run through this. Uh, What do you think it is? Just throw one out. The top 10 selling albums of all time. Throw one at me. I was told so many times that Thriller was the top selling album of all time, so I would think, ding, Thriller. 70 million copies. What's interesting is down the list, because I think a lot of people get Thriller. It had five number one hits, and that Michael Jackson was popular. Yeah, he was all right. Remember when it came up. Uh, ACDC is in there at number two of all time. Wow. Back in Black, ACDC. I knew it sold huge. No idea it was number two. It's a good album. Number three, it was a movie soundtrack. Titanic. No. Good oh. Yes. I'm liking it. Um, a guy who's been in a lot of baseball movies. Uh, protected a certain singer. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, whoa, whoa. It was the Whitney Houston, Kevin Costner. And I. Yes. The longest <laughs> the note Dolly ever held. song, right. That's right. And that's funny. Who made the money off the Bodyguard soundtrack? Dolly. Yeah. She wrote it. And she, think of what a kick that must have been. Oh, they're going to sing my song in that sweet little movie? Yeah. Yeah. 45 million sales. 
And her version of the song's beautiful, too. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, both of them are great. Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. I have a theory on that one, too. A lot of people bought the album, took acid, scratched the album, and had to buy a new one. I'm not really sure how many people bought the record, but it did sell another one that, that came in at $45 million wow. for Dark Side of the Moon by uh, Pink Floyd. A couple others to hit. The Eagles, pretty monster here. They have the number five with their greatest hits, and they also have the number seven So of all time. So between those two records, they sold 90 million records. And then a country artist that is not Dolly Parton, beautiful woman, has the number eight of all time. The number eight of all time? I sound like Casey Kasem. Um, I... She's I want to say gorgeous. I want to say Reba. She's from Canada. She's and her name is from Shania Twain. Oh wow! Shania Twain, come on over. That sold forty million. I actually bought that album. And the last time were you ever into Meatloaf? Never. See, Bad Out of Hell, Meatloaf is number six. It's just weird. What what <laughs> ones? And what is it missing? Rap. I, I'm just oh. surprised that Eminem or somebody didn't get in there. Yeah. It just seems kind of strange to me. I'm trying to think who would get in there. Yeah, Hammer. Who would be Hammer there? would be the closest. MC Hammer yeah. had huge, huge hits, but, you know, somebody like Eminem. But those are the records. Those are the greatest, the top ten uh, of all time. Bee Gees' Saturday Night Fever was number ten. Compliments to them. That's an old record. Yeah. You know, that goes back quite a ways. Uh, so those are the top tens. I don't know out of all of them, the one I actually owned, oddly enough, is either ACDC or Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, wow. I was not one of those guys that microdosed and scratched the record. <laughs> you only bought it once. I was not. Yeah, I had the same one forever <laughs> and ever. So, uh, yeah, that's it. But those are the top 10 selling albums of all time. And that's back when some of these guys had record deals where people like Michael Jackson were getting a buck fifty and two bucks a record. Wow. Do the math. Ooh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, making that kind of cash off, especially if they were the uh, writers of the song, too, which for the most part, I think uh, Michael got that. Another one, let's move on over to Disney. I love Disneyland, but I hate standing in line. Yeah, not a big fan of the lines at Disneyland. And it's a real problem. The other thing that's a problem there are, are some of the fanatics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> gets a little edgy, and Disney's having a real problem with people coming in that aren't Eight, and they're dressed as um, they're they're dressed as many of the characters, right. and they're older people, and it's um, it's bothering Disney a lot. There's, and some of them are kind of inappropriate as well, and none of them are really that great. Yeah, and a lot of the costumes, believe it or not, don't fit, and that's uh, that's another thing. So, you know, the kid does it; it's cute, a little weird. So what they're doing at Disneyland now, a lot of the uh, cosplayers, I guess you can call them, a lot of those folks are making the costume sort of like it, but not quite. Right. So it becomes a guessing game in the park. But this is actually a thing that the Disney security has to handle. I remember during the Star Wars movies that when we would go to the theaters, they would they were stopping cosplayers, and they're like, you can't go mm-hmm. in there. Like You can dress up, but you can't wear a helmet. And I'm like, he, he's an adult. You really should send him back to the car and make him get <laughs> into his real clothes. Yeah, just, yeah. just dress up normally, <laughs> folks. Now, finally, one thing I want to hit is what you're, um, along with comedy, what you're best at is uh, collections oh, and yeah. autographs and the like. You had the card show. Can we talk about the LeBron thing? Yeah. And just the... Um, 
How did that start? What was your thought on making this happen? This is a great story. Yeah, so um, when LeBron James played his very first NBA game, he played that in Sacramento against the Sacramento Kings. And at the time, I was kind of like, I was wrapping up my autograph seeker career where I would sometimes go down to the hotel where the players would, uh, would take off from. And, you know, a lot of players would sign autographs, talk to you a little bit and stuff like that. So anyways, I, LeBron's very first game, I went there as he was getting ready to get on the bus. And um, just because of my size and ability to position myself, I ended up being like the last person to get his autograph before he got on the bus to head to Arco Arena and play the game. So I already knew that that autograph, if I were to sell it, would have a lot of value because his autograph is, especially his rookie year, is worth a few grand just on its own, you know, once it's validated and verified and all that stuff. And I didn't realize, though, there's value in any other things that I got that day because I had the ticket as a season ticket holder. I had the ticket that has the, you know, has the date and the Cavaliers logo and all that stuff on it. Back when we actually had tickets to mm -hmm. get into games, too. And I knew that I should take care of that kind of stuff. For whatever reason, I always took care of that kind of stuff. And I just... Last night, I was a little bored looking around, and I went on uh, on one of the popular auction sites and uh, saw that that same ticket, only in way worse condition than mine was in, sold for over $12,000. And so I started thinking, okay, I have this ticket. I have a program that's in mint condition. I have that LeBron picture. All of this stuff, I have it, and I can put it into like a collage and a one-of-a-kind one piece that could probably be worth a lot of money. So basically... You know, like we mentioned before, it's kind of like scrapbooking. <laughs> it is. And when you look at that, too, I would get a program just like you, but I'd roll it up, put it under my arm, spill a beer on it. And that, but you always had, when did this start with you? Oh, the first very time young. you realized? Very young. I was very young. I would say like six years old. It was really young. So on being tactful, what would you recommend to the people out there so they don't become that guy that really annoys the star, the musician, or the athlete. What do you do uh, that's different that's enabled you to get these great autographs? Well, for one, I've always been polite, and I don't, uh, you know, never knock over kids, and I never, you know, there's there's a way that certain people act, and I think that athletes kind of learn to, like, see how people are and they you know they see if you're pushing on a kid they see if you're elbowing a lady or if you're you know they can see that while you're standing there trying to get their autograph and so they you know they seem to sign autographs for people who are polite and, and kind I have these big long arms so I'm able to reach it and put in a position where it's easy for them to get to and that's usually how it worked and so I ended up getting a lot of autographs that other people didn't because of that and because of kind of being smart. And one of the things I, I heard of all people, David Spade talking about this, and he said, believe it or not, they even come out like a Joe Dirt poster or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he apparently is just, get out of my way, no. He said, the nice people he'll sign all the time. But he said, and he's known as being a real blank uh, for just blowing people off. But he said, over the many, many years, uh, people who aren't treating him the way you would, mm -hmm. he said, they're, they're gone. And he said, just gone. And it was a funny moment because everybody's looking at him because I'm sorry, but that's how it is. Yeah, I did that week in Sacramento with Danny Bonaducci, And every night there was at least a dozen people that would run in with pictures or, you know, DVDs or something for him to sign. And I was like, wow, I couldn't imagine if your life was like that all day long, every day. And that's how it is. And this is the wrap-up of the 1590 morning show that we have here on KVTA. Love your reaction. We talk about the topics and expand on that. When's your next card show? 
My next card show is going to be October 1st, right over there at the Ventura Fairgrounds. The first one was a smash hit. It was great, and the second one's going to be even better. When's your next Giggles? Next Giggles is coming up uh, just next week. It's uh, April 28th. It's this week, April 28th. <laughs> this Friday coming yeah. up, and who is uh, the uh, featured comic? Our good friend Jeff Frame, who's been with us for many years. He came up uh, at a, as a beginner, and he's in Hollywood production. He's a you know big time in the Hollywood scene, but he's a great comic who's worked his way up legitimately through the open mic scene and everything. Good guy. And this was our first 1590 wrap after the show. The show is going to be called... The 1590 Lounge. And you are welcome to the lounge after every show here on 1590 with Tom McLean and Spence. Thanks for joining us.